the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's LeckQuote.com. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today from Philip DeCourcy on Know the Truth. Wisdom empowers us, doesn't it? It strengthens us, makes us wise. But while it strengthens us, it doesn't make us omnipotent. Wisdom has its limitations. And so Solomon is saying here, despite even God-given wisdom, a decisive and comprehensive knowledge of things remains elusive. Today on Know the Truth, pastor and Bible teacher Philip DeCourcy offers us an important revelation. We'll never know it all, and we don't have to have an opinion on everything. That might come as a shock to some and a relief to others. As we continue our study in the book of Ecclesiastes, we're learning that wisdom lies in knowing that we don't have all the answers, but God does. Philip is encouraging us to keep our balance so we don't stumble into the ditch of pride or presumption. Here's Philip DeCourcy. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. The last time we were together, we were working through the second half of chapter 7. We've already looked at verses 15 through 18 under the general thought of the balance of wisdom. Wisdom helps us find our feet. Wisdom warns us in the light of life's injuries and injustices not to overreact and become legalistic in righteousness, not to overreact and think God has gone soft on sin and therefore He's going to turn a blind eye to your next act of disobedience. Wisdom warns us indeed to um, not fall into either of those traps. We then started to look at what we call the bulwark of wisdom, verses 19 through 29. Through chapter 7, King Solomon, the teacher and preacher, touts the priceless value and attendant benefits of wisdom. He tells us in verse 19 that wisdom strengthens the wise. Wisdom fortifies us against the hammer blows of life. It gives us power to overcome adversity and to navigate mystery. Wisdom is a precious thing. We should protect it because it protects us. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is a God-given skill and aptitude for living. In fact, one of the Hebrew words for wisdom is chokmah. If you go back to Exodus 31, verses 1 through 6, the people who built the tabernacle, who constructed it, the craftsmen, they are described as skillful. They are described as wise. God gave them an ability, an aptitude, a skill, a craft. That's our word. Wisdom is the ability and the aptitude to live life well. 
It is the proper application of knowledge. You see, information is about facts, but wisdom is about fitting those facts together in relationship to God's precepts and God's providence. It's knowing what to do, how to do it, when to do it, according to how God would want it done. That's what wisdom is, and it's a great skill. And according to Solomon here, wisdom strengthens the wise. Now, I don't know about you, but I think you'd have to agree with me that we need more wisdom in our culture and in our country. We don't lack information. We don't lack data. We don't lack facts. In fact, you and I are living in the rush hour of the super information highway. Progress has furnished us more information in the past 30 years, listen to this, than previous millenniums together. Do you know that every five years since 1955, knowledge has doubled? Libraries grown under the weight of newly written books. High school graduates are exposed to more information about the world than Plato, Aristotle, and Benjamin Franklin. Advancing technology, pushing back the boundaries of medical science and travel and space exploration. We live in, in exciting days in terms of facts and figures and data and knowledge. But listen, for all those facts and for all that information, are we succeeding as a society? Knowledge is up, but I think you'd have to agree, living is down. For many people, life is coming apart at the seams. We're seeing increased numbers of suicide. People are living with despair and general hopelessness. We may be wizards on the computer, but we can't compute the basic facts of life. We may be able to travel to the moon, but when we get back down to earth, we don't know which way to travel. Modern society has hatched a bumper crop of brilliant failures. In fact, I came across this story recently. A few years back, a 17-year-old Californian achieved the perfect score on the SAT test. And when reporters asked, what is the meaning of life? She replied, I have no idea. Would somebody tell me? Knowledgeable, yes. Smart as a whip, but absolutely. But wise? No. That's the society you and I live in. And you and I can make sense of that when we understand that there is a world of difference between knowledge and wisdom. Education that is not informed by the counsel of the all-wise God makes fools out of us all. As Christians, we're not against education. We're high on education. In fact, did you know that two out of three colleges existing in America today were founded by churches and Christians? But we know as Christians the wisdom of this world is not enough. That if you're just going to take an under-the-sun perspective, you're going to come up short. That's the whole point of the book of Ecclesiastes, written by a man who has had the finest of education, has gone to the best of schools, but he wants to tell us, you know what? It's wisdom that will strengthen the wise. It's life related to God that ultimately becomes successful. And throughout Ecclesiastes, as with Proverbs, Solomon will parrot this thought that wisdom begins in the fear of God. Our thinking must begin with the mind of God because God is the fountainhead of all thought. Knowledge is horizontal. Wisdom is vertical. 
And so Solomon here extols the benefits of wisdom. Wisdom, according to verse 12, is a defense as money is a defense. Wisdom strengthens the wise, verse 19. And we started to work our way through these verses, 19 through 29. And Solomon brings wisdom to bear upon a number of issues. We looked last week at the malice of gossip. The malice of gossip, verse 21 through 22. Also, do not take to heart everything people say. Wisdom would say to you, hey, you know what? You need to become hard of hearing when it comes to what others say about you. We live in a fallen world, and men will fall in the area of the use and employment of their tongue. James tells us about that. This is where we stumble. And so you and I will be criticized. You and I will become the targets of gossip. It happens. Solomon recognizes that. Wisdom recognizes it happens. But wisdom would say, look, don't take it to heart. Realize it happens. Don't chase the source. Because it happens and you've done it yourself. So just let it be. We, we quoted Spurgeon from lectures to my students last week where Spurgeon said, every pastor needs a deaf ear and a blind eye. Okay? Every pastor needs that because while a pastor can't stop the mouths of the gossip, he can stop his own ears listening to the gossip. That will help him survive. So wisdom teaches us, hey, it happens. You've done it yourself. Leave it alone. In fact, I added one little thought to this myself this morning to go outside the context. Also reminded myself, at the end of the day, it's a small thing. If you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, you'll realize that Paul has become the target of gossip. There are those that are downplaying his ministry, questioning his integrity. And look what he says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, listen, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I'm not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring to bear to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one will have praise from God. Paul said, look, I know there are others who are judging me, but it doesn't bother me. It's a small thing. I've judged myself. My conscience doesn't condemn me. My life speaks for itself. And then Paul steps back even from that. He says, but you know what? I think I know myself, but God alone knows my heart. And ultimately, he will judge me when that great day comes and hidden things are, are revealed. So when it comes to gossip, when it comes to people talking about you or about me, it, it happens. You've done it yourself. And at the end of the day, it's a small thing. As they say on television sometimes when some court case comes up or some debate over some law, it's legality or it's illegality, you'll hear the statement, well, this one's going to go the whole way to the Supreme Court. Well, Paul's saying, hey, it's all going to go to the Supreme Court. And uh, you know what? If you think somebody's getting away with something, they won't. And you could be wrong about your judgment of that person, and that will be proven on that day. So, wisdom tells us to be careful when it comes to the malice of gossip. Secondly, wisdom tells us to be careful when it comes to the mystery of life. Verses 23 through 25, back in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. 
Solomon uh, has sought to understand life, but he tells us, hey, it's far from me. Verse 23, all this I have proved by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it's far from me. As for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? He's been on a search, and he's been seeking out wisdom and the reason of things. But there are many questions that have been left unanswered. He tells us here in verse 27 and 28, here's what I found, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find out the reason which my soul still seeks, but I cannot find the mystery of life. Wisdom empowers us, doesn't it? It strengthens us, makes us wise. But while it strengthens us, it doesn't make us omnipotent. Wisdom has its limitations. It can only take us so far in the realm of what there is to know. And so Solomon is saying here, despite even God-given wisdom, a decisive and comprehensive knowledge of things remains elusive. True knowledge is a notion deep and wide and unfathomable. Our best day still leaves us with informed ignorance when it comes to those things that we have sought to grasp. True wisdom lies beyond human grasp. Knowledge is exceedingly deep, verse 24. The NEB translation puts that verse like this. Whatever has happened lies beyond our grasp, deep down, deeper than man can fathom. Listen, God's ways are not our ways. We've quoted that a number of times in this series. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, and then in Romans 11, verse 33, we're told that God's ways are past finding out. It's interesting, in Psalm 77 and verse 19, the psalmist says that if you were to try and trace, connect all the dots of God's dealings in your life, the outworking of His providence, it would be like trying to track footprints in the sea. It can't be done. It can't be done. And part of wisdom is realizing the limitations of wisdom. Part of wisdom is realizing the limitations of wisdom. We believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, don't we? As evangelical Protestants, we believe that the canon is complete. We've been given a special revelation from God that takes us from the dawn of creation to the sunset of history. Tells us who we are, where we're from. Tells us that we're in a mess, but there's a fix in Jesus Christ. This book is comprehensive. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's able to equip us onto every good work. We believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. And what we mean by the sufficiency of Scripture is that the Bible teaches us all that we need to know. But we do need to remind ourselves that there are other things that we could know, but God has not allowed us to know. And there are things that we cannot comprehend in our finiteness and in our fallenness. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the revealed things belong to us and the secret things belong to God. God has revealed something of His mind and He's done it in a full way. We have a sufficient record of who God is, who we are, who Jesus Christ is, what He came to do. But listen to me, as Protestants, let's not make this mistake. Even after we have given attention to Scripture, and come away with a clear, cogent, confident, theological formulation about life and the life to come. 
If I might borrow an image from the Gospels where, where the woman touches the hem of Jesus' garment, when you and I have done due diligence and studied the Word of God, even if we went from Genesis to Revelation and kneeled it all down, we have only touched the hem of His great wisdom. That's Solomon's reminding us here. Our mental arms are too short to fully embrace the divine mystery. There is a cloud of unknowing that's between us and God. Our understanding of things will always be spotty. Full knowledge of things lies beyond this life. God's ways are past finding out. And wisdom teaches us that wisdom is limited. Part of wisdom is knowing the limitations of wisdom. That wisdom can equip us to live life skillfully and successfully. But wisdom will not inform us comprehensively of all that is happening and taking place. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12? We know in part. We've got blind spots. At first, that doesn't seem good because we want to know, don't we? We want to be fully informed. We, we want to put the pieces together. We want to make sense of the senseless. At first, look, that's not good. I don't like that. We know in part. You know, somebody needs to write another chapter so that I can get the full story. But at second look, I would suggest this to you. It's not bad. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a devotional entitled The Blessing of Not Knowing It All. And I just want to come back to that for a few moments. You and I need to embrace that idea. Wisdom informs us of the limitation of wisdom. And we need to understand that. We need to embrace that. We need to make peace with that. And actually understand, you know what? There is a blessing to not knowing it all. Life has a way of bringing us all back again and again and again to the reality of our own ignorance. Even at the height of our knowledge, Augustine said it is a learned ignorance. The doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture doesn't make us as wise as God or as knowledgeable as God. There are still things that remain a mystery and mystifying. In fact, Warren Wearsby, in an article about the blessing of not knowing it all, said, the wiser a man becomes, the more ignorant he knows himself to be. Isn't that the truth? And so you and I need to embrace this thought that we don't know it all. And you know what? If you step back from that, there's a blessing in that. I wrote a couple of things. It's good that we do not know it all, for that keeps us humble keeps us dependent upon God, keeps us looking heavenward, keeps us searching the book, keeps us praying to the Holy Spirit, because we don't know it all. Knowledge lies somewhere beyond us, outside of us. You see, according to 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1, knowledge has a way of making us proud. See, the more we know, we think ourselves better than others that don't know. And so not knowing it all keeps us all humble. It should make us easy to live with. It should keep us from acting like we're God. It should free us up from having an opinion on everything. Have you ever met that person? It's got an opinion on everything. It's got all the theological knots untied. Got all the issues of life nailed down. They're obnoxious. They're proud. They haven't accepted the fact that they only know in part. In fact, it's good that we don't know it all because it makes us kinder towards others. 
Not knowing the whole story of a person's life should make us very slow to judge another person's actions. That's Paul's point in the passage he read in 1 Corinthians 4. It's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. I've judged myself. My conscience is clear. But you know what? I'm not even sure I know myself. My knowledge is partial. You'd think I would know myself best since I am myself. But as a finite fallen creature, I'm sure there are blind spots even that I don't see about myself. So I'm going to leave it to that day. And so when you and I grasp that, I think it keeps us humble. And I think it makes us kinder towards others. We've only got a snapshot of a person's life. So be careful in your judgment. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Some years ago, I came across a quote by C.S. Lewis, and I thought this was helpful. He reminded you and me to be kind to someone who's fallen at the point of temptation. You know, someone falls and feels, and we stand over them in condemnation, and we, we snarl and we sneer, and, and we go, why did you do that? I wouldn't have done that. How could you have done that? C.S. Lewis says, you know what? We see him at the moment he fell, but do we know how long he put up a brave fight before he fell? Be slow to judge. Be generous in your judgment. Be kind. Remind us not to be glib, right, in our answers. You know, be slow to speak. Job's friends were great for Job until he opened their mouths. And then they were no friends at all. They fell into that trap. They had their little theological formula. Job, God blesses righteousness. You're being cursed. So what's wrong with you? They had these glib, trite answers. We don't know it all. So stay humble. Stay dependent. Be slow to judge. Be kind in your judgment of others. Don't be glib in your answers. Tell you another benefit of not knowing it all. It causes you to live one day at a time. And that's the way we're meant to live anyway. Life by the inch is a cinch. Life by the yard is hard. And Jesus told us in Matthew 6, verse 34, to live one day at a time. There's enough trouble. There's enough issues. There's, a, there's enough things to do today without loading your plate with tomorrow's menu. Imagine God showed you the future. All right? He showed you the next five years, which includes all your disappointments, all your illnesses, all your issues, would that make you sleep a bit better tonight? And we can hardly handle two days, let alone five years. There's a blessing in not knowing what's behind the curtain or over the hill or beyond the wall. Leaving the future to God is wisdom. That's another calibrating message from Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. What a comfort to know that God's got all our days in His hands. Now, be sure to visit our website for more messages from the book of Ecclesiastes. Just go to ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. And when you're on the go, don't forget you can listen to the complete Quest for the Best series on the KTT app or podcast. Using the app on your mobile device, you can also share broadcasts with your friends, post messages on social media, or send them via text message. These are just a few convenient ways you can help others know the truth. Learn more at ktt.org. And if you're new to Know the Truth, ask for this month's free resource, a bookmark that explains how to overcome temptation with the power of God's Word. We provide these resources to welcome our newest listeners to the Bible teaching ministry of Know the Truth. 
And for friends who link arms with us as financial partners, we have another resource we're making available. It's a classic book on spiritual warfare, and we'll send a copy to everyone who gives a donation of $20 or more called The Strategy of Satan by Warren Wearsby. This book reminds us that we're in the devil's sights, but as believers, we have the power of Christ and his word to overcome. The Strategy of Satan outlines all the biblical tools we need to detect and defeat our adversary. Get your copy of The Strategy of Satan when you give $20 or more in support of the ministry of Know the Truth. Donate when you call 888-644-8811 or go to ktt.org. Thanks for your generous support that makes Know the Truth available on the radio and the web. I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off for today. Tomorrow, our teacher, Philip DeCourcy, closes out our study of Ecclesiastes. Don't miss Wednesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. My Giza sheets also include full 21-inch wide pillowcases that will fit over any pillow and deep pocket sheets that will fit over any mattress. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-516-3636 to get your very own MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. Use promo code WAVA and Mike will give you 30% off plus free shipping. That's right, 30% off and free shipping with promo code WAVA. How many sales? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.